Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hello, everyone. This is David. Uh, welcome behind the velvet rope. We are back again, and we are joined today by a very special guest, the one and only Brian Moylan. Hello, Brian. Hi. I should say joined by Skype. This is this is major. We are. <laughs> I know I freaked out on you before we sat down, but you know I am not technologically together like you are. Oh, I am hardly myself. So thank God that there are people we can pay to do it for us. Uh, Kind of, kind of. That's my, you know, that's kind of my motto in life in general. Like, you know, if you can pay someone to do it and you don't know how to, there's just things that I'm, like, I just had a piece of Ikea something put together. I needed like a really cheap little coffee table thing. And Mm -hmm. literally the person I paid to put it together costs more than the actual item. And I'm like, (laughs) you could charge whatever it is because I physically cannot do this in the next 40 years. We'll still be sitting here. Well, as Madonna says, you should always have a boyfriend young enough to tell you how to use your phone. Oh, my God. Is that what she said? She said that, yes. (laughs) When did she say that? Uh, I don't remember. It was in like an interview somewhere. And I was like, that's the best thing Madonna has ever said. And she said some great things. I think that I love that. I think that I will kind of steal that. Thank you for adding that. So You're I sh- welcome. So I should say, I should introduce you to all these wonderful listeners. How do people usually introduce you? Because I usually, I I refer to you, I mean, I like to sum it up just as like, you basically ghost wrote or co-wrote Erica Jane's pretty mess. But I know that you yep. also do a lot of writing for Vulture and you do a lot of recaps. How do you, I mean, this isn't like a disrespectful thing. Like, I mean, I'd like to sum up your whole career just having to do with Erica Jane and we'll get into that. But like, how do people usually introduce you? 
Well, I um, prefer to be addressed as Dame Brian Moylan, president and founder of the Real Housewives Institute. That makes Um, sense. (laughs) But no, I've been writing recaps of a bunch of Bravo shows and other things for Vulture and other places. I started um, doing recaps on Gawker back in the day of the Housewives and Jersey Shore and a bunch of other things. And then they've kind of moved around, but they've been at... uh, vulture now for maybe seven or so years and i do uh real houses of orange county beverly hills new york vanderpump rules southern charm and now summer house for vulture i saw and i also co-wrote erica jane's book pretty mess I saw that. Now, we're going to get into all of that. And referring to you as Dame makes sense because you are living over in the UK at this point, hence the it's Skype. True. It's true. But let's take it back for a minute. Now, you don't need to tell me what you wore on your first day of second grade, what color you know your outfit was for school. But let's go back to the background. Like, Tell me about Brian. Like, Where were you born? Where did you grow up? How was your childhood? Um, I am from the great state of Connecticut, um, from the same area of Connecticut as both Kim Zolciak-Bierman and Luann Dillaseps. Okay, do you know that I am from Connecticut? I went to high school with the one, the only, sit down, Miss Kemsley. Same high school. You're from, like, the fancy part of Connecticut. I'm from the shitty part of Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, but look at Connecticut has given us me and you and Luann and Zolciak Behrman and Dory and the queen, Miss Tateman. Really? Yeah. Kristen is from Connecticut as well. See? You're learning something here. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, there's so many of us for such a small state. I mean, so you grew up near Luann and Kim Zolciak. Yes. Um, and I think Kim Zolciak and I are the same age. Really? Even though her face is newer than mine. <laughs> well, I don't even um, know how old she is. How old is she? I think she, I think we were born the same age, same year. So I think we're both 41. Okay. Okay. Cause you know, with the housewives, I seriously, I feel, and this isn't a knock, this is my honest opinion. I feel most of the housewives look older than they are. Are but I think it's also because they are accomplished and act older. Does that make any sense? Yes, and I also think that there's a certain like when you look like you've had plastic surgery done, I think that your face reads as older. I think so. So, I- like someone like Kim looks much older than her 41 years, whereas someone like Ramona Singer, who if she's had work, it's been very good and subtle, looks significantly younger than her 63 years. Ramona is gorgeous i can't even i am very good friends these days with a very good friend of hers who we refer here to as french fry lady because one night i ran (laughs) no because it's true one night i ran into ramona at maestro steakhouse and she was with this woman and she didn't even say hi to me she just like have some french fries push french fries in my direction i ate like five of the french fries and she's like that's way too many fries like this wasn't a whole invite to eat them all and pulled it away from me and then as she walked away this woman that she was sitting next to was like i am so sorry i'm like uh, you don't know who you're talking to like I, this is ramona I, I got it you don't need to apologize and somehow <laughs> i kept running into her and so she was like if you talk about me on your podcast i'm like sweetheart i talk about you all the time she's like just refer to me as something other than my name and i'm like okay you're french fry lady so but ramona does look absolutely phenomenal yes 
especially if she's eating french fries oh my god um but so i grew up in the great state of connecticut um i went to uh the george washington university in dc and then when i graduated from college i started writing for the local dc gay paper which is the washington blade it is the only uh outlet i've worked for full time that is still around (laughs) see now you're really dating yourself I know. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's like what it says about me or whatever, but, um, and so when I was there, I started writing a television column and at the time it was the early two thousands, like the internet hadn't destroyed print media yet and certainly not regional gay media. And so I started writing about, you know, and this was right after like Will and Grace and Queerest Folks. So it was the very early years of, you know, lots of gay people on television and, um, so I started writing about gay people on television. We syndicated the column to a bunch of newspapers all around the country, gay newspapers. And so it you know, got pretty big and I got some good interviews and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I started writing for TV. And then I moved to New York and I ran uh, Next Magazine for Homosexuals, oh. which was a homosexual nightlife magazine. And I remember from Next there, Magazine. I got a job at Gawker.com and... Um, you know, the whole time I was writing about television, and so I sort of kept writing about TV for Gawker, and, and that's when I started doing recaps and stuff. And so, yeah, from there, it just kind of took off. And then, you know, uh, everybody in New York media at the time read Gawker. This was like 2009. And so, yeah, that's what led to sort of all of my subsequent uh, professional glory. As so you went to college, like, knowing you wanted to be a writer. Yes. And I majored in English and I got my master's degree in creative writing. Um, yeah, but, I, but right after I graduated, I started writing at a newspaper. So I went more like journalism-y kind of. So, but Did, I never have taken a journalism class or anything. I just kind of taught myself how to do it. Interesting. Did you ever meet or interview Deborah Messing? Did I ever interview Deborah Messing? No. This but is I where my mind goes. Um, like the creator of Will and Grace, like Max, Max, Max Muchnick, yeah. yeah, all those like Will and Grace people from back in the day, and L Word, and all that stuff. Jennifer Beals, Jennifer Beals, probably. I mean, I you've done so much, my... Brian. You can't even remember. I know. Well, this was eons and eons ago, but um, you well, know, I drink I vodka. I drink vodka, so I can't remember anything, so I don't hold it against you. Oh, I thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, okay, so you kind of, so right, so you did all this, you started at Gawker, so how, I mean, you never really set out, like you just kind of fell into, I mean, how did it really relate to the Housewives then? Like, how did that start? Um, I started doing Housewives recaps at uh, Gawker, and then I was, um, probably at the time, the most popular recaps I was doing though were Jersey Shore because that's when Jersey Shore was like the big thing. And because you know, Housewives started in 2006, I started doing it in 2009. So you know, I was a little bit later to the Housewives, and so I was doing uh, Jersey Shore and some other shows. I did like Mad Men and Project Runway and stuff like that. And how did you start that? Like, was that your desire or was it like you work here and this is your assignment it was kind of more of the latter this um, is you but here. i was excited to be doing that 
because I started reading recaps when, you know, of the housewives, because I was just always a fan of the show because, you know, I love Project Runway and I loved all of Bravo and Queer Eye and stuff. So I just kind of glommed on to the housewives when it started. And so housewives was one of the things that Gawker recapped. So I just started doing it. And then when I left Gawker, the, most the recaps most people were interested in were the housewives. So I just kind of kept doing that. And there was a while where I was, didn't want to be the housewives guy, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm so much more than that. I can be a serious journalist. I can do, you know, whatever. But then that's what people were really responding to. And I really enjoyed it. So then I was like, fuck it. I'll just be the housewives guy. Well, first of all, Oh my God, I had no fucking idea that you did all this for Jersey Shore because, I mean, this, you know, my reality TV obsession goes deep. It's not just Housewives. <laughs> I am, did you ever like interview the Queen Snooky? Um, I did mostly like recaps okay. and stuff. I did interview, so when I was at Gawker, we would do these like, um, live blog kind of things where all the mm. commenters would watch the show together and kind of comment about it. And in the comments section of the blog, and we got Sammy and Ronnie to do that season one. And, um, but then um, my favorite thing is the University of Chicago one year did a Jersey Shore Studies conference. Oh my God. And they invited me to give the keynote address at uh, the Jersey Shore Studies conference. So I went to the University of Chicago. I made this whole like PowerPoint presentation about Jersey Shore and, and all this stuff, and uh, they presented that to everybody, and I received an honorary PhD in Jersey Shore Studies. Okay, I'm dead. This is amazing. <laughs> this is, like, absolutely... First of all, like, I don't know about you, but I watch Jersey Shore currently. Like, the situation, just came home from jail, he hasn't yep. met the roommates yet, he's having time alone with Lawrence, like... I, I watch Jersey Shore religiously. I think it's still, and I'm very depressed that Snooki quit, but I will still watch the show without her. I love it. And I was watching it uh, before I moved to the UK, but it's hard to find here. Mm. So I haven't been paying as much attention as I would if I was in the US and it would just be on my DVR every week. But yes, I have a deep, deep love for Jersey Shore. And the first, after the first season, I started like from the first promo on MTV because same here. At the, at the time, I was recapping like The Hills and The City. I guess Ugh, two classics. And I, yeah, and I saw the commercial. I was like, "This is going to be huge!" And so I started writing about it on Gawker right away, recapping it, just like writing about it all the time. Like, and I swear I willed it into being as popular as it was. And so MTV sent me a. a autograph photo of the cast after the first season wow. which i still have um framed and hanging in my bathroom here in london that's a major i mean you know if you ever wanted to sell it you could someone would give you money i know that's like that's literally amazing. I think it's an amazing show. The city is also an amazing show. So is that when the hills came back this last time, and the cast? I mean, the entire cast came to New York to do press. I basically I've talked about it on the show. I had a whole hills episode. I basically lost forty eight hours of my life because I mean, <laughs> there were hotels. I mean, listen, I am a detective over here. I figured out after about forty of those hours where Spencer and Heidi were staying, they had Gunner with them. I was like. You can't get on a plane. We need like a family photo here. It's in, you know, the sad thing is I just read uh, Misha, who I 
absolutely live for was let go. She is not coming back for the second season oh, of The Hills. They're doing another season? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the ratings were. I guess they were good enough. I think the ratings for Jersey Shore are still like blockbuster. Yeah, I think it does very well. For, especially considering, like, that's what was weird about Jersey Shore was that it was doing really well uh, when they canceled it, not as well as it had been doing. And, but it was still getting, like, 5 million viewers. It's like, I mean, wow. the Housewives wish they could get 5 million viewers. They do. I think it was just that they didn't want to do it. Like, I mean, that was that's Snooki's yeah. thing now. She's just like, I physically can't. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? See, I, I am always, always fascinated when someone leaves a show on top. Like, reality or non-reality. Like, a TR night. I mean, leaving Grey's Anatomy. Like, it's, right. I mean, okay, I don't know where you are now, but... It's always, it's just like, what does Snooki have going on that she doesn't want whatever? It's over a million dollars, like whatever that paycheck is, which yeah. I assume is over two, you know, something like that. I'm just guessing. What the hell do I know? You know, do you have that much money that you just don't need it? I mean, I guess if you just physically can't do something, but I would do anything. Like, I would just be like, shut the fuck up, David, and just go get your money for one more year. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I couldn't imagine leaving it. But do you think that Snooki leaving, I believe, and there's, you know, a few housewives and stuff who say, oh, I quit, I believe. But most of them, I think they say they quit, but they really got fired. But you think Snooki would get fired? She's like the biggest no. star of the show. No, I, I, no, no, I agree no. with you. No, I think Snooki, yeah, if Snooki's not doing it, it's because she doesn't want to. Like, they don't, why would they get rid of her? Never, never. Yeah. No, and I mean, I, I get it. Like, you, I mean, she even said in the thing, she's like, I, I mean, I'm being paid to party, and like, I don't want to party. I have children. Like, right. I just, but I agree with you. I mean, to me, I think the only housewives, in my opinion, that quit were like Bethany. Yep. First time and second time. I mean, I guess Lisa Vanderpump technically quit. Like, I know they said they were going to fire her for not showing up for everything, but right. I don't believe. I mean, I think they would have worked it. I think she quit. And who else? I don't know. Has anyone else? Do I believe anyone else has really ever quit? I'm not so sure. I mean, Nene, when she went off to go be famous. Okay. Nene. That that's yeah. add her to the list. Anyone and else? I I'm believe not... like Heather Thompson might have actually left of her own volition, but it was really a mutual decision. <laughs> and I even think Heather Dubrow. I mean, my sources. Again, these are my sources because you know I think you can get fired for a lot of reasons. Because Heather Dubrow was a fan favorite. I think my sources tell me that Heather Dubrow was let go because she was a pain in the ass to yes. like everybody. That involved. is also what I have heard. Yeah. And I mean, same with like our good friend, Jill Zarin. I think she was a pain in the ass too. Yes. But I agree. I think Nene, Vanderpump, Bethany one time and Bethany another time. And I think everyone else has been fired. I mean, I, I think it's interesting how now Tamra has decided to move on. Leanne Locken has decided. Like, I mean, I guess this is the new thing that we're letting people say that they want to, that they've done it on their own. I find it very interesting. Right. Yeah. But, um, oh my God, Jersey Shore, I could, that's a whole nother show. You're going to have to come back and we're just going to have to do a deep dive <laughs> into the hills in Jersey Shore. But oh okay, so you started doing these pod, no, I mean, it's, I, I get it. So you started doing these housewife recaps and that was what was popular. And then yeah. how did it take off from there? I mean, I, I saw that you're now doing Summer House. I was like, oh my God, he's doing Summer House now? Yeah, I, um, so I was doing them. Um, I did them at Gawker and then I went to like a failed startup and I was doing them there. And then 
I was working somewhere where I couldn't freelance. So I took like a year off and then, um, I left there and about when I left there, Julie Klausner, who had been doing the recaps for Vulture for, uh, Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills got her own show, difficult people. So she wasn't writing recaps anymore. And, and I knew the people at, uh, Vulture and I said, Hey, do you want me to, you know, I, I would be interested in doing these. Uh, let me know if you're interested in having them, you know, whatever. And so they said yes to those. And then I just kind of took off from there. Those were, have been, you know, the housewives are some of their most popular recaps. And then they want to add Vanderpump rules and they added real houses of orange County and they added Atlanta. And so now they do most of the real housewives and, um, yeah. And, and so, Summer House, we started this year. I said, I'm going to recap Summer House because I love it so much. Either. Those are my friends. I love, I mean, those are, you know, living in New York. I mean, yeah. who's your favorite from Summer House? Oh, who's my favorite? I mean, I love Paige and Hannah. Hannah so is Hannah all day, every day. I mean, as a person, I am, I'm going to be traveling, not even so far, but I'm going to be, I'm on the Hannah comedy tour starting in about a week. I mean, amazing. Right? Like Hannah is everything like i just get her sense of humor i get it is her comedy any good it's good so she so i went i only went to so it's like she's taken a break like she did it's so funny how all these people have a quote-unquote live podcast tour but that's actually not a podcast it's just kind of like let's sit around and talk so i saw her like a year ago somewhere in new york like i think gotham comedy club it was it was good. Yeah, I actually really liked it. So it's kind of like now she's taking a break and she's not even really calling it a podcast tour. It's just kind of like Hannah doing stand up. Plus, I think being back a second season has to have helped her show yeah. live. Yeah. It's good. It's good. You know, I mean, like I'm going to give a full review of this next little series. I mean, I'm not even going that far. I'm going to like New York and Connecticut. But one right. Hannah show is not enough. See, I let me tell you something about myself. If there is a tour of any sorts and I can go more than once and the dates work out, I will make an appearance more than once. That's just really. I'm do. usually happy to just like go once and be like, okay, thanks. Well, it's probably because you are a normal person and you have <laughs> a life. And I have no life. Like, I have made this my life's work. Like, I know you have too, but it's in a different way. You are a normal person. I have dedicated my life to this. I don't even know why. That's a whole nother conversation. So I like to go as many times as I physically can if the dates work out. You know, knowing that I also do have some other things going on in life. Every now and then I have like 5% of things outside of Bravo. Um, okay. So wait, let me see. So, all right. So you started doing these and then when did it go from there to like actually meeting these people? So doing a very quick dive into your Instagram, like how do you go from writing these to being on the Real Housewives of New York party bus or whatever that bus was that I saw you on way back in, and what season was that? Um, I was on, um, well, I think what was the and what was the, I, and sorry to interrupt you, and like, what was the first, like, what was the first experience, I guess, also, like, how you go from sitting at Gawker writing this or on your own to someone saying, like, we know your name and you're invited to see whoever? So when I was at Gawker, it was the season before Jill Zarin's last season. So I guess that was season four. And I think Jill knew she, she 
was going to have a rough season. And so she was doing some reach outs to the press. And, um, you know, we always had written about Jill and how she was our favorite. And so her PR person reached out to me and said, would you like to interview Jill? And I said, that sounds a little boring, but you know what would be fun? Jill should be our intern for the day. And so they're like, oh, my God, that's a great idea. So we had Jill come to the Gawker office for an afternoon, and she was our intern. And we made her, like, go get lunch for everybody and do, like, work around the office and stuff like that. And we made a video of it, and it was really fun. So that was, you know, like a fun little silly thing we did. So she was probably the first housewife I met. And then I went to a few events with Jill. I went to a Watch What Happens Live taping with her. But doing the recaps, I always kind of kept them at arm's length a little bit just because I didn't want to be friends with them and have people say, like, oh, you're best friends with Jill and you won't say anything mean about her. And also I want to be able to kind of – I do say some mean things about the housewives, so I don't want to have to hold my tongue, as it were. But, yeah, so I met, like, some of the New York ones, and then – um, when I was still at Gawker, there was a Housewives book. Do you remember this? It was like Bravo put out a book. It was kind of like a coffee table book. And it was like a lot of pictures just of the Housewives. No, and I do not remember it, this. It, it was not good. And this was back I when I probably was like teetering on still being relatively normal. Right. And it was, it, I might have a copy somewhere. I might have gotten rid of it. It was oh not good. God. But they they did a panel of Housewives. Um at a Barnes and Noble in New York and they needed a moderator. So they asked me to do it. And so it was Alex McCord and Simon and Caroline Manzo, Jacqueline Rita, Teresa Giudice. So I met all them and hung out with them. And, you know, so it just kind of slowly, it was mostly through professional means where it was, you know, I was invited to do something in house. I to be there. And, um, yeah. And, and, you know, kind of kept in contact with some of them and, I would meet them around town. But then, you know, some of the housewives read my writing and like me and they reach out to me on Twitter. And then if I see them somewhere, I'll go. Like I, Sonia, I saw Sonia at an event in New York and I just went up and said, oh, hey, Sonia, I'm Brian, Mo- Brian Moylan and it's nice to meet you. And oh, Brian, I love you, blah, blah. So then, you know, I would run into Sonia occasionally around town as one does. And I think that, so it's always been mostly like New York and New Jersey, just because we were running sort of in the same circles, as it were. That's cool. That makes sense. Sonia and I are back in love now. We had a brief, just like a, a, a one minute. I mean, listen, to your point, I I understand your pain, so to speak, because that's the thing. It's right. like, there's certain people, like I literally was just talking about this yesterday with someone where I went to an event and it was like a group picture with like three of the housewives and I'm not even going to waste your time. And I'm just like, I got a picture with some of them that I was with, but then I didn't get this other person. I'm like, you know what? If I was like a paying customer here, I don't mind. Listen, I am not too proud to beg. Like to me, like the end right. I'm like, if I was just a regular person, I could wait in this line, pay my $125 and get the fucking picture that I want. And instead, I have history now with everyone standing up there. And this one don't really want to do a picture with me. And I really don't necessarily want to do a picture. So I'm telling you, it's like what you said about like being friends with people and keeping them at arm's length. Sometimes it's just easier. Because listen, I have... I bite my tongue every time I say something about certain people too because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see them in three hours. And it's like, please don't listen to this. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's a very fine line of like, sometimes being anonymous is just a little bit better. Well, and people always ask, 
you know, oh, what are the Real Housewives like in person? And it, it's like they're all exactly like they are on television. Like we know that yeah. I know that they're not acting because I've met enough of them and they're exactly the same as they are on TV. And what makes for good TV doesn't always necessarily make for great dinner companions, let's say. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I get it. People, that's the same thing people ask me. And I'm just like, okay, like, do you understand? Like, this is not, there's no Nicole Kidman. There's no Julia Roberts. Like, this is not, these are, they're, they're not playing a character. Like, so I right. think the same thing. Like, everyone, the mannerisms are the same. It's literally, like, the same people. And yes, like, th- well, I, I always grapple with that, too, because people say, like, who's your favorite housewife? Like, that's what I'm asked. Them. And I'm just like, in real life or on the show? You know, I mean, right. Do I think Ramona makes a phenomenal housewife? Is she every single thing I want in a real housewife of New York? Yes, I am obsessed. In real life, we have a very complicated history and relationship, you know? In real life, I would not want to be seated next door at a dinner party. Well, I was in December, and I talked about it for hours on this show. And it was... (laughs) I literally... I literally had to turn a situation around from, like, you are basically going to turn your back on me this whole conversation to, like... However, my friend, French Fry woman, is like, let me sit you down and tell you... I have a whole new strategy in real life with Ramona. A whole new strategy. I'm just... I am no longer feeding into the Ramona coaster. Like, you want to... I'm going to ignore Ramona worse than she ignores most people and we're going to see how that works out discover why critics are calling kingdom of the planet of the apes the best film of the franchise what a wonderful day it's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible i need to go hang on it is our time Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I guarantee working for her. Well, I haven't seen her since I've employed my new strategy. But this good friend of hers who's become a good friend of mine is like, you wanna you wanna win over Ramona, which mind you, I've moved on, but I always talk I have a I have a little Stockholm syndrome when it comes to Ramona. Like I actually right. do secretly love her. But when I see her the next time, I'm gonna completely, completely ignore her. I will give hugs to Luann, kisses to Sonia, bow down at Tinsley's feet, and I'm just not even gonna acknowledge that Ramona is standing there. This is my new plan in life, Brian. I mean, I feel like it's gonna work. <laughs> I, it's listen, it's not a bad way to go, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you're doing all these recaps and then how do we get so that's that's like a lot of years right that takes you through a bunch of years in new york yeah and yeah and i was always doing lots of other freelance stuff you know all the time but the recaps were great because as you know housewives fans are you know in the upper echelons of media and such in new york city so people i would get a lot of editors would email me 
because they read the recaps and they thought they were funny and they would be like, hey, do you want to write for Town & Country? Do you want to write for you know, GQ? Do you want to write for Men's Health? Do you want to write for wherever? So I got all these gigs kind of off of the back of writing for um, writing recaps. And, you know, I was doing a lot of other freelancing too, but uh, yeah, a lot of recaps. That's good. And then like, was there anything, you know, like kind of being a fan, maybe not like as much of a super fan as like someone crazy like myself, because it was work, even though you are a fan, any like perk that stands out the most of like while you were doing this like I guess you watch what happens or like was there anything not even housewives related where like somehow through this someone was like do you want to come to this and you're like oh my god I would kill to meet Julia Roberts or anything like that (laughs) no I wish I mean I I, mostly the stuff I would get invited to would be housewives related stuff Um, I went on a uh, the Real Housewives of New York bus tour yeah that's what I saw in New York Yeah, and so I went on the inaugural Real Housewives uh, bus tour, which was a lot of fun. And um, so it goes to a bunch of stops. But because this was the first one and the press was there and it was also when a season was debuting, when we went to each of the stops, there was a housewife there. So, you know, Kristen Takeman was at Ricky's selling Pop of Color and Carol Radziwill was at Spin, which is where she and her boyfriend used to hang out and play ping pong and Ramona was at some restaurant and Sonia was at the NBC store and stuff like that. So that was really fun actually. And there were, the bus was half press and half super fans. So to be with these fans, you know, I love being with, you know, I am a big fan, but because I have access to this, I do this for a living, you know, we can get a little bit jaded with this totally. whole thing. But then, you know, you're on the bus with these people who are diehard fans and, they're seeing a housewife for the first time and they just freak out. And it's just so great to be around people who are so happy and love the thing you love so much. So that was really cool. And then another thing I went on that was another press event was they did a Vanderpump Rules bar crawl in New York. I can't uh, talk about it because I mean, talk about it, but I was out of town and I like it's on my like tombstone of regrets that I was not there. But go on, please tell me all about it because I couldn't make it. I've never heard oh, someone tell me about it. It was super fun. I had just so um, Vulture had said, "Hey, you know these housewives recaps are doing really well. Do you want to do Vanderpump Rules? Because you know people are always asking for it." And I had never watched Vanderpump Rules, so but I said, "Sure, okay, I'll do it." And so I just started watching Vanderpump Rules and catching up. And I, you know, kind of knew who everyone was ish, but didn't know all their histories deeply as I wanted, you know, do now. And so I wish that I had really gotten into it before I went on the bar crawl. But it was amazing. Like you went to these venues and a few of the people were bartending, like Ariana was bartending at one and Jax was bartending at another. So they were actually working. So you couldn't really talk to them. But yeah, it was just like you could go, walk up to a table and Sheena was sitting there taking Snapchats of herself. Oh my you could God. just walk up to Tom Schwartz and be like, hey, what's up? And so I was talking to Tom Schwartz and flirting with him and he kept like touching my shoulders. I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with you. Everyone's and, in love yeah. with Tom Schwartz. He's just so nice and charming. And he handsome. is. And oh, I love him so much. He is very charming and very nice in person and very cute. But you know who I – okay, who is your favorite – is he your favorite boy from Vanderpump Rules? Um, yeah, probably. Do you know who mine is? Who? 
the one and only white Kanye. I, I love James. Oh my God, really? Like you want to like make out with James or you like him as a character? All of the above. Wow. I, I literally just saw him. Okay, so here's my thing. I prefer Americans over non-Americans, just as far as dating. Right. But... I and for what it just I feel cl- like you know like when you're getting to I just feel closer to like someone that you know came from the same country but that's not I mean I have a very broad type but still I find James to be I he was just in town last week with Dana the new girl and I basically yeah. hung out with him for a minute I find him yeah I find him his character is great I find him he's obnoxious but I find like when he was in New York last week he rented a Lamborghini at like midnight the night before watch what happens and yes and it was driving around posting eight thousand instagram stories of himself driving so it's like he's such like a douche that i find it so charming and i also do yes i find him extremely cute interesting well you need to come to london because all the boys here look like dj james kennedy with that blonde we, we don't have any blonde you listen you like lived in new york i i've said this before on here i don't have a type really but a blonde there's no blondes in new york it's like there's no blondes here no there aren't kyle cook that's it that's the only one kyle i find i mean he's very nice too but i find kyle very cute as well. Oh my god! I think he is the most handsome man on Bravo. Are you kidding me? Yes, I just think he is like really. Beautiful. Yeah, he's gorgeous. But you know who is the? I find the hottest guy that has ever existed on Bravo, and I'm telling you, I don't think there can ever be someone to surpass him. Is Steve Gold? Before we continue this conversation, I just want to say that 2020 has certainly been a year. And at the beginning of quarantine, there was a lot getting in the way of my happiness and achieving my goals. And I turned to BetterHelp, which is online professional counseling. And it really helped me not only achieve happiness during this time, but really achieve my goals. Behind the Velvet Rope went from two times a week to four times a week. And I wrote a book, the Behind the Velvet Rope book. So for anyone that feels that things are getting in the way of their happiness and achieving their goals, I strongly recommend BetterHelp. You don't even have to leave your house. It is online professional counseling. And what I love about it is you can start communicating with them within 24 hours of signing up. Anyone that knows me knows that if you don't get back to me, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. These counselors get back to you in a very timely manner, and you're really matched with a counselor that fits your needs. If you get a counselor that you don't like, you can just request another counselor. Everything, of course, is confidential. They deal with a variety of issues, depression, stress, anxiety, sleep. We're all having trouble sleeping during this. Trauma, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem, grief, LGBTQIA issues. And I have to say, it is actually more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available for anyone that cannot afford it. So they're growing so rapidly, and so many people are turning to BetterHelp for help that they're looking for additional counselors in all 50 states. Go to BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash Velvet Rope betterhelp.com slash velvet rope and you get 10% off your first month. Join over 1 million people today taking charge of their mental health. You're not alone. 
If you need help, this is a great solution. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope and get 10% off your first month. Who's Steve Gold? From Million Dollar Listing, Ryan, Frederick, and Steve. I never got oh. into Million Dollar Listing. Oh my God. He is, I mean, he has short hair now. I prefer the longer hair, but he is so. Oh, he's also from Connecticut, believe it or not. Really? Yes. Did you wow. realize? I know. Listen, look at this. I think he's from Stanford. He's definitely from Connecticut. I'm 98% sure he's from Stanford. I'm looking up his picture. Yeah. And so like here I am saying like I prefer blonde, oh, but he's. I, he's really hot. Gorgeous. And he used to be. Just start. Do you, did you have you gotten to the, the shirtless pictures yet? Yeah. Like him in his underwear in his kitchen. Oh, he's. I'm telling you, you might need to take a moment after this and really compare him to Kyle, and you might text me and say that you agree with me. There's um, no, there's no better. Yeah, he's Kyle. Though, oh, I love him. He's so handsome. He's so nice, and all. Listen, he's like, if for if you ever meet Kyle in real life, he he's one of those people in like a good way. You will actually end up walking away from him eventually because he will just talk and talk. it's mostly business related he wants to talk business and what lover boy is up to which is wonderful right. but eventually you're like oh wait like okay, you actually want to keep talking to me because like all right i'm over it i mean love you but i got to move on now but he's amazing um what was my point okay so those are some parks so how do you get let's let's just get to the big fish in the room here how do you get from this in that to being asked to co-write the queen Erica Jane's book. Um, it was through the recaps, her uh, literary agent reached out to me um, on my like emails on my Twitter. So she just emailed me out of the blue and was like, Hey, Erica Jane's doing your book. Would you be interested in writing it? You know, do you want to talk about it? So I talked to her and she was a fan of the recaps. Erica had read them and really liked my style and she wanted the book to be funny and fun and, you know, I had obviously on the recaps written about how much I love her because I do love her. And yeah. And so um, I called and talked to the agent and then she's like, okay, I'm going to have Erica call and talk to you. So Erica called me on my birthday. Uh, so the phone and, rang and it was Erica. Yeah. And it was like, Brian, it's Erica. It, and I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. And it's my birthday and I'm lying in bed. And all right, she wakes, she wakes up like super early in the morning. Really? And yeah, and so she would be up in L.A. before I was up in New York because I am a late riser. So she would always call me and wake me up in the morning. Not and, to, um, like, feed into the stereotype of, like, a writer, but you rolling out of bed at, like, noon. Yeah, usually, like, closer to, like, 10 or 11. But she gets up at, like, 5 or 6 in the morning. I get so. up at, like, 5. Like, if I – I mean, normally it's, like, 6.30 now. But back in the day before when I was really – I. There's nothing better to me than getting up at four thirty or five o'clock in the morning. I love it so much. I can't even tell you. Oh my god, I can't, can't. I but, get up. Um, I do an hour of coffee, and then I there's a gym in my building, and then I go to the gym, and then like you're done with coffee and the gym, and like the sun isn't even up, and no one's up, and you're like, I've already like gotten ahead for the day. I can't deal with that. I like to stay up later than everybody, and like do like pound it all out at night, and then pass out. And wow. then wake up late. Wow. All right. So like, so now did you, have you ever written a book at this point or no? Just No, I had never written a book. And, she, and so I talked to Erica and she was like, Hey, I've never written a book either. We're going to figure this out on our own. Like, I think we're going to make a great team. I think, you know, we're going to work together well. And, wow. you know, I knew at that point that all the housewives are 
in real life like they are on television. And I liked what I saw on television. And, you know, I knew that she was going to be cool and, you know, not crazy and yell at me and awful. And so, yeah, so I decided to do it. And and you yeah. were living in New York at this time still. I was living in New York at that time. Yeah. And then she was coming to New York for an event. So she came and we met in New York and talked a bit. And then I went to L.A. a couple of times. Um, partially cause I just, my husband is a television producer, so he's there a lot for work. So I often tag along with him and so, yeah. And so, but most of the work we did was on the phone, um, you know, calling back and forth and sending pages back and forth and stuff like that. And when you went to LA, did you ever, was the private jet ever sent for you? <laughs> I never got the private jet. I flew commercial, sadly. Um, and yeah, and we usually used to meet at her office, which is in Hollywood, um, where it's been on the show where she just has a little office and yeah, so we'd meet there and do work and hang out and eat lunch and do interviews and stuff like that. And so we filmed once we filmed for the show there of me interviewing her and Mm. then we filmed again, she came to New York like everyone went for fashion week. And so she was in New York and we went to visit our editor. And so we filmed that for the show too. So I was on the show twice, uh, as Erica's sort of, did it get caught or was, I mean, I can't remember. No, I was on like briefly, but I don't really say much The when we went to see the editor, you just kind of see me in the background and Erica's doing most of the talking. But then when I interviewed her, you know, we had a few minutes in her office of me asking her questions and stuff. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm on like, I filmed for like New York and New Jersey all because I go to the events and people are like, oh, my. I'm like, yeah, like, A, you're probably not going to see me because it's getting caught. And B, if you do see me, don't blink. Yeah. So I was in it. But I mean, people saw me and recognized me. And then once by the time it aired, we were mostly finished with the book because the book, you know, was coming out while the season was on. And but then all sorts of people were like, will you go start my book? Will you go start my book? Like not like celebrities or anything, just random people. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> well, Brian, let's just break it down. When you and I spoke on the phone two weeks ago, I believe that I asked you to go write my book as well. Yes. Well, <laughs> and you know, I I was helpful and pointed you in the right direction. You did. And, yeah, and you know, I'm happy to. Uh, come along but i'm not cheap is the problem i'm sure you're not i'm sure you're not yeah so most people i mean you had a really good idea so you might be able to afford me but most of the people who were approaching me were just like oh i have a great story and it's like okay great everybody has a great story i don't know that you need uh, a ghostwriter (laughs) right exactly i I think my idea is pretty good too and trust me i have a lot of ideas that i shoot down myself like i'm very self-aware so like i think this one that we discussed is actually a good idea well and you know you're a business person you know what you're doing you know it's gonna sell i think a lot of people don't really understand the uh economics of it necessarily yeah but i think a lot of people just want their story to be told and i told most people like you know give it a shot yourself like see what you can do if you just want to get the story out there you know, and don't care about it being a New York Times bestseller or making a ton of money, just like go ahead and do it. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you're going to do 
a decent job. And I always joke that writing a book isn't hard. It's just long. Like it takes a long time to do, but I mean, you know, if, if you can tell a good story out loud, you can probably write a decent book. Hmm. I mean, I think I could do it if I wanted, but I can't even sit still for more than 30 seconds these days. So yeah, then you would have a very hard time. You're my ghostwriter. <laughs> you're, you're my, you can, I told you, you can, you can, your name could be on big. I don't care. I just can't do it. But right. anyway, bigger than yours. It, it, fine. Done. Whatever you want. Um, let me see. Okay. So you, did you ever go to Erica's house when you were out there? I never went to her house because I would usually stay in Hollywood or West Hollywood. So I would go to the office. And did you ever and... meet Mr. Girardi? I did not meet Mr. Girardi. I met Mikey and Laya, her assistant, a number of times. Um, And I talked to both of them about the book. I talked to her mom a bit for the book, like just to kind of fill in some of the gaps of stories from when Erica was a kid. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it was mostly just like me and Erica because it's her story. And, you know, and I told her that, um, you know, when we first started, she's like, what do fan, you know, what do the fans want to know? What are the questions we need to answer? And I said, oh, the thing that people always ask me about is, you know, your relationship with Tom and, yeah. you know, how it works and what people think of it. And, you know, I said to her, I want people who read the book to fall in love with Tom like you did. And so we talked a lot about that and how they met and what attracted uh, her to him and why they're still together and stuff like that. And so I hope that it really comes through when you read the book. It's, it's, yeah, I, I got all of that. I mean, it's great. It really is great. I mean, I am a huge Erica fan. Did you ever meet any of the other Beverly Hills housewives through her? I mean, I mean, just you might have in general, but like anything through her, like any, like Brian, come to dinner with me and Lisa Renna tonight. No, because it was mostly, I mean, she has a very full schedule and and so when i was out there in la it was you know we were working and at the beginning they were still filming the season so she was you know doing that but yeah so it was mostly just working and then we would go do interviews and i'd go home and write and you know work on transcripts and things like that so i didn't really have a ton of time to do that She's every time I meet her, I mean, see her, she's very businesslike, which I totally respect. You know, like I tell you, like my sliding scale of like housewives that look at me like, do I know you versus like BFFs like Margaret. And then Erica absolutely knows who I am because I've met her a million times. And she's always just like, hey, baby, how are you? Great to see you. Thank you for supporting. Great to see you. That's nice. Okay. Like it's, I'm totally okay with that. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm, I'm kind of all business, even though I'm a blubbering mess. So I, I can kind of respect that. Yeah. And she's a really hard worker and she likes to take advantage of, you know, every opportunity. And so her days are full. Have you ever seen, because my, one of my big, and one of my other regrets, even though I don't really have regrets is I only saw the pretty mess tour twice. Have you ever seen that pretty mess tour? Yes. Well, so I saw her perform. Oh my God. It was on the season. Um, maybe two seasons ago and it was a Halloween party where she performs in New York. Mm. Um, and so, so like I one or at, two songs. Uh, yeah. It was, and I was at that gig and then I saw the pretty mess tour in LA. I was in LA at the time. And so it was the one they filmed for the show. Is it is like a gay 
I don't even know what it is. It's a game wet dream in so many different ways. The, oh my God, it was amazing. It was possibly one of the best shows I've ever seen, ever. And so she gave me, so I went to the show. I had like a VIP wristband and stuff. I was up on the balcony next to where all the housewives were uh, being filmed and stuff. And I remember, so in LA, like, you know, the fans obviously were huge housewives fans. And so you see Kyle come out and Lisa Rinna come out and people are chanting and screaming for them. And it was crazy. And so oh yeah, the next day I emailed Erica and said, Oh my God, thank you so much. The show was amazing. I had such a great time, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, why didn't you come backstage? And I was like, Oh, I could have come backstage. And she was like, yes. And I was like, Oh, I totally missed that. So I could have gone backstage to hang out with everybody, but okay. You need um, to like, take <laughs> like hang out with me and you'll, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have I access like... to a lot. I don't have access to Erica backstage, but you need to be with me because then I can say, no, Brian, like this wristband means you can do this. And now you may not want to because you're so jaded, but we're going to do this right now immediately. Well, and that it's not like I was jaded. It was that I was oblivious. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Like, so it was like, oh, you can go backstage. I would have gone and been like, hey, thanks. Honey, you could go backstage. I mean, you wrote the fucking book with her. Yeah. (laughs) And it it was a great fucking show, but I only saw it twice. And like, you know what it is? It happened at the wrong time of the year. It was like announced semi-last minute and it was like November to like January. That is like the worst time to be traveling. I'm just mad that when we saw it in LA, they were almost sold out of merch. And all I wanted was an Erica Jane t-shirt. And... Oh, sweetie. I have hoodies. I have this. <laughs> I don't know what they had. I'll, I'm going to take a picture later when I get home and I'm going to show you what I have. I got lots of stuff. That's why they didn't have any. When I was there, you had bought everything. Seriously. The best is the windbreaker black jacket that has a, like, not her picture but it's like a silhouette of a woman which is supposed to be her on the back in big messy letters it says pretty mess and i'm like this jacket is worth everything to me i'm gonna i'm taking pictures later of all this stuff and i will send it i can't wait to see it it was so funny so when i was writing the book we talk a, a lot about her music and how she made her music and her career and you know the start of it which was you know in tiny little gay clubs and cheesy music videos and stuff. And so I'd gone back and watched all these videos and her music actually is really good. And so when I was writing the book, I was listening to her, you know, albums like over and over and over again. And so when you get your like Spotify artist of the year thing, it was like the artist you listen to the most this year is Erica J. Oh my God. (laughs) That's like amazing. No, the music is really Good, and I don't know. I've made up my own backstory that, like, there's never going to be another Pretty Mess tour. I don't know why. I just feel, you know, with Chicago, like, I saw Chicago twice. Yeah. I saw it opening night. So opening night when I saw it, I mean, opening night of Erica being there, you know, afterwards, I mean, when I saw her, she was like, you know, hi, you know, like, what she basically said, like, what are you doing here? I mean, it's kind of like, not, not in a bad way. She's just like, what are you doing here? It's like, okay. You're Erica Jane. I live right. basically like 15 blocks away. This is my life's work. You're Erica Jane. Like, where the fuck else do you think I would be right now? Have you gone to see everyone else in Chicago, like Candy and Nini and all them? Yes. I'm a big... See, Nini, I... Yes. 
to me, and I say this before, Nini to me is the most overrated housewife. That's just my opinion. I mean, I I am right there with you. And I went from liking Candy a lot to having met her many times to being like, I fucking love Candy so much. I don't know how I ever liked her because I fucking love her. Yeah. And how was Erica in Chicago? I haven't been able to go see it. I'm dying. Oh, my God. Well, then I, like, went back because then she did, like, a whole meet and greet thing. And I'm like, well, first of all, the first night I said I'm going to be back. And she's like, baby, you don't have to. But in, like, a nice way, kind of like, I get it. You are a huge supporter. I thank you for everything. And I was like, again, you're like, listen, it's taken everything in me to only go twice. I mean, I was like, I can literally go every night if I really wanted. She – I mean, and I've done a review on the show, too. She – was you know what it is like okay let's just call it what it is it was stunt casting because the show's been out forever and no one's going to see fucking chicago right and it's to sell tickets so based on that stunt casting which you never expect to be good she was good i mean i think she was better when i went back like a month and a half later i mean versus opening night but she was she was never bad her you know what it is i never and this is going to sound strange i never realized what an actually good voice she has because you know like yes. the pretty mess songs are you know like auto-tuned and that's just the style of the music well and, and it's, it's very yeah like electronic and, yeah right you're, you're not listening to it for her vocal stylings it's more the overall yeah yeah so i didn't think she really had a good voice i mean and she can sing but her voice is actually good yeah well and that's what i knew she is such a hard worker i know i keep saying this and you know from working with her she doesn't want anything out there unless it is perfect completely and so yeah so i knew when she was going in that you know she was gonna not be up on that stage unless she could deliver every single night so i wonder what like i don't know i haven't talked to her in a bit she's been busy doing the show and stuff so I wonder what the if they auditioned her if they were you know because yeah. most of them get the Mama Morton role and it's just kind of you come out and you do a, one number and no big deal but this is huge it's huge. lots of songs lots of dancing you know I wonder if she kind of they put her through her paces before signing her up I would love to know that myself I would really love to know that myself and but listen like even like the facial expressions i'm like this girl can act like she's and it's almost like the part the part itself considering she's married to tom it's like it's almost like it makes so much sense it's i mean it's in a weird way it's like you're this is just the part that it's such a natural fit like this makes sense to me but i would love to know if she was auditioned as well but really my mind is always one step ahead because i'm like i mean Obviously, there's something wrong with my soul that, like, you pour the, the water in and it just goes out. Like, you, it's like filling gasoline up into a car where there's a hole. Like, you just ne- – it's nothing is ever enough. I'm already right. – like, my wheels are turning like, hmm, so who's next? Like, after the – great, thank you, Candy. Thank you, Nini. Thank you, Lisa right. Rinna. Like, what's happening after Erica leaves? Like, who – because, you know, that whole rumor that I guess, like, well, I mean, they were talking to Luann for the mom the, – the, the mom, the mama right. part. So I'm like, they obviously have these housewives on their radar. I'm like, who can we get next here, people? I'm I ready. I don't know that anybody has what it takes to really deliver. I don't think – I can't think of anyone. I, I mean, I would put – Denise Richards and something else, but I don't know that she can sing or dance, but she can act fine. Ooh, Denise is good. Although as a um, housewife, I'm not a huge Denise fan. 
I mean, who else could they possibly? I mean, Luann can't sing like at all. And, you know, now it's like, well, someone asked her, I mean, Jennifer Aiden, she's so fucking stupid. Um, when I was in Atlantic City with Margaret, like, you know, because Luann likes to invite people to her shows. Like, she always tries to invite right. one or two Bravo celebrities. She invited Margaret and Jennifer Aiden. At the time, they weren't exactly on good terms. Along, Jennifer yeah. was on one side. Margaret and her posse were on the other side. Margaret was like, do you want to come? I'm like, I've only seen Countess Luann and Friends in the Christmas thing about 25 times. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. I think 25 this is how I got to know Luann so well because I just kept showing up at the cabaret. And <laughs> Margaret's like, just come with us. And Je so they, they wanted each housewife to ask a question. So Jennifer's like, well, you were in the mix to play mama. And like, would you ever go on Broadway? And like, which is a stupid question because like, obviously Luann didn't get the, the part and you're saying this in front of a whole audience. Right. But like Luann is just such, she is a class act, but like she knows how to, and she's like, well, you know, I'm kind of busy doing my own show, which was kind of funny. But right. Her her cabaret is seriously a real fucking thing. You know, she has a new show coming out called Mary F. Kill with Sonya. <laughs> like, wow. count, yeah, Countess. And I don't mean like, you know, that this doesn't play anymore at 54 Blow. This is like nationwide now. And when she comes back to New York in the summer, she's 54 Blow is way too small for her. She's now playing Town Hall. Like, Luann's well, legit. I mean, I will say, though... It has nothing to do with the quality of the cabaret. <laughs> it's a I mean, it's a stick. Yeah, and but I think that you know, house. There are a ton of housewives fans, and we're really underserved. And so people just want to go and be a part of it. And so they'll pay a hundred dollars or whatever to go be around other fans, see the Countess, see Sonia, be in there. And I mean, she could get up there and read the telephone book. She could get up there and just like fart in a jar. Totally. And, you know, people would pay money to go see it. So totally you know, not knocking what she's built. I mean, it's great that she's done this, but I, it's not like she's uh, Bernadette Peters, you know? <laughs> no, totally. And I mean, like she's even told me, which this doesn't surprise me because I do travel all around the USA to go to these things. But like, you know, she'll say like, you should see what happens in Oklahoma. You know, I'm literally, this is an yeah. example. Like imagine what the crowd is like in Oklahoma when you've never even seen like, you know, a Heather Thompson or a Kristen Tate, man. Right. Now you're getting like, you know, let's face it. If, if we really want to boil it down, there is a hierarchy of housewives. Luann yeah. is on that A-list upper echelon. So, I mean, these people must go absolutely berserk. To your yeah, point. You're, yes, insane. And you know what else on your Instagram, which I didn't realize, you you and I must have passed each other because you have the exact, I mean, I was at BravoCon for three days, but you have the exact same Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trio or four of them that I have. So I must have been right next to you in that line. Yeah. Well, but so you snuck I, in? I was, so I'm currently working on a book about the Real Housewives franchise and Bravo isn't excited about it and so i was not really welcomed at BravoCon. really so, yeah so i yeah so vulture wanted me to go and cover it and write about it for them and they were like no brian is not invited and so i just bought tickets like everybody else and went yeah and, um, and they, they can't stop you right Right. No, but I was, I sort of, you know, went quote unquote in disguise. So I normally have a mustache and I shaved off my mustache and, you know, I was kind of hiding, but so I wanted to see what it, what the experience was like waiting in line for these pictures. And so I was like, okay, 
if there's anyone who I'm going to wait in line for, it's going to be the Beverly Hills women. And yeah. I can see Erica. And, you know, because I didn't want to get her in trouble. I didn't. So I didn't want to tell her I was there. Totally. Or, you know, I, I didn't want to, like, screw anything up for anybody. So I just waited in line. And then I got to the front of the line. And even without a mustache, Eric was like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? Like, I can't believe you're here. I was like, yeah, they don't want me here, you know, whatever. And so we posted her a picture. And she kind of, like, gave me a hug and put her head on my shoulder. And everyone was like, aw. And, you know, we had a little chat. But then, you know, they were moving people right along. So they were like, um, get out of here. And were you like, there oh, only that? Were you there just that one day? Because I was there all – I was there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, I literally I, didn't sleep. I um I had gotten a Sunday ticket and I got a ticket to watch What Happens Live and when I went to watch What Happens Live I met a woman who had a Saturday oh my God. ticket that she bought too many and she was like do you, do you want it and I was like sure so I went to watch What Happens Live and I went Saturday and Sunday. Watch What Happens Live was the best fucking thing that has ever happened to me possibly in my whole life. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. I mean, the whole weekend was fantastic. It was amazing. But yeah, but see, the thing is, like, I post pictures on Instagram and I get, like, from, like, Dolores, like, David, you're the best date ever. Margaret's like, David, your family. I need to tell you that I will trade all of my Dolores and Margaret, and even Luann gives me love and Sonia. I will trade every comment on my Instagram of love from a housewife for your response because Erica commented on that picture, like, I love you to you <laughs> so i want to take all of my margaret's and dolores's and luann's and sonia's and i get karen huger loving me and leanne Locken. i will trade all of this every comment just for the one i love you from erica i just would like it, you to know that it's so weird that we're you know friendly and and have a working relationship and we follow each other on instagram and i don't follow a lot of housewives but i follow her and a couple others and every time she comments or she likes something or she'll, you know, respond to an Instagram story, I'm like, oh, my God, Erica Jane responded to my story. Like, every time it's still, like, exciting. She's so. a hard one. She doesn't give me – I even got likes from fucking Lisa Rinna. I even got <laughs> likes from Rinna. Erica does not give – you know, it's just weird. It's like one – it's always to me, like, when do you cross over that? Like, I just broke through with Kristen Doty. Now she's – it's always – listen, this is how, what I – like, when I start getting some love from you online, Erica never gives me love. Never. And she knows me. I mean, obviously not as well as you, but, like, that right. comment was, like, everything. Um, Yeah, BravoCon was amazing. That was amazing. But here's the thing. Okay, so let's just take three minutes, and trust me, I'm looking at the time. I'm totally aware of it. Okay, good. They told you you couldn't – I mean, like, you're going to have to come back. This is a whole show in and of itself. They told you, like, we know – so what is your book about that you're writing? And they told you – I mean, I know we're kind of, like, ending on, like, the most important thing possible. You might have to come back. But <laughs> what is your book um, about and, like, why does Bravo not want you to write it? So I – To the extent is, you can talk about um, it. My book is about, like, the history – and cultural impact of the Real Housewives franchise. So, you know, how it got started um, and, you know, how it, some behind the scenes stuff, how it gets made, but also about like fan communities. Like I interviewed you and a bunch of other people that do podcasts um, or people that run Etsy merch websites and things like that. And just super fans. And I talked to academics who study Real Housewives um, for a living, you know, in a very deep, scientific way wow. and so just kind of looking at the whole phenomenon and what it means about us and why we're so obsessed with it and why are we watching and 
you know, what, what's the history, you know, what did this come out of like the history of reality television and soap operas and things like that. And yeah, so that's what it's about. And I think Bravo really wanted to be able to control the narrative and make money off of it. And my editor was like, we're not really interested. And so, yeah, they have not, they're not participating at all. They have told all the current housewives not to talk to me. Oh my Um, God. Did they reach out to you and say like, we want like, I don't know how it works, like to pay you and have you as part of this and we'll, we'll buy this from you and we'll work with you. Um, I told them that I was doing it because I've always had a good relationship with them and they still send me screeners and stuff to watch the episodes and, you know, and I'm still, I inter- they had me interview Andy Cohen for the 10th anniversary of Watch What Happens Live, you know, so they're still like working with me, but, you know, they really want to, to be able to have control. And so we talked about ways we could partner. And when they kind of told my editor, like, yeah, we, we would want editorial control. He said, okay, well, we're not really interested. And yeah. And so, um, yeah, so they are not participating, but I mean, I've been doing my reporting. I've been talking to people anyway. I got a bunch of people off the record. I got some people on the record, you know, but it's made it a lot harder, but I think it's going to be really interesting to fans because what I'm trying to do is answer all the questions that we have as fans that, um, you know, Bravo doesn't want to answer. Oh yeah. And like to that point, do you know this? I don't know if you know this, cause this is true. I have many examples that I can throw out as of last week or the week before Bravo has, I don't know how it's going to play out, but it's already played out. Bravo's forbidden current Bravo talent from appearing anywhere together because they want all the money kept for BravoCon. So, like, for instance, there was yeah. a Celebrity Housewives next month with, like, Leanne Locken, Kelly Dodd, and Sonya. That's canceled. Teresa, Dolores, and Margaret had an appearance, like, in three weeks. That's So any group appearances are canceled. Yes. Isn't that just... Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. And, and that's... That's crazy. Right. That's how they're playing. And I know. Right. I think that's always been in their contract, like... it any more than two of them and they have to get clearance. Well, and they have to get clearance for every interview they do. Oh yeah. They have to get clearance for any endorsement deals, like all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they could still do a solo appearance and like, to me, listen, I'm the crazy super fan that I'm like, I'll go to 700. I mean, listen, it's not going to affect my life. There's so much going on. And I guess it won't affect like a Teresa who gets like a lot of appearances, but I would think it would affect like a Margaret or a Dolores or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a Leanne Locken where like you're, and then there was an appearance this past weekend, Brandy Glanville, Carolyn Manzo and Carol Raswell, but it was canceled because Brandy does not want to get on a plane because of coronavirus. But I think that's what's now going to happen is you're going to see the same things with ex housewives or Bravo talent, which to be honest with you, that is even better as far as I'm concerned. Let's bring right, out the deep cuts here. Yeah, because they'll actually dish as opposed to the ones that are currently on the show. Exactly. But that's just crazy with Bravo. All right. So I'm going to, I know you're on a time crunch, but I mean, you've been here for an hour. But here's the thing you really, I didn't mean to bury the lead about your book because this book sounds great. <laughs> you need to do well, it. It's still not done yet. So it's not going to be out till later this year. So when the book is out, I'll be back and we can talk all about the book. And I'm hoping that there's a book tour. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. If there is, you are definitely hosting um, a leg of it. Thank you. Because I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm ready to host things because that's, this is, this is my life's work, Brian. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, David. It was such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. You're amazing. Everyone go out and buy 
Erica Jane's book. Everyone read Brian's recaps. I'm leaving with about 7,000 more questions for you than when we started. So you'll come back. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.